What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. We continue Betting Across America, hour number two, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Amal Shaw here at Circus Sportsbook in fabulous downtown Las Vegas. Philadelphia Stars, six and four in the regular season, against the Generals of New Jersey. I believe Brian Sipe played there. Post NFL, did, and then played for the. I am so old. Like it was Kelvin Bryant. I knew that he went on to play for the then Washington Redskins after his Philadelphia Stars days. Herschel Walker, of course, plays for the Generals. The Generals are struggling today. They need Brian Sipe and they need Herschel Walker. They're down ten nothing in Philadelphia. Yeah, Dave, I concur on a couple of things. You are old, <laughs> and also uh, Brian Sipe. Going back to the Browns days, oh. red right eighty eight against the Raiders in what would have been Super Bowl fifteen. They had a chance to get there, didn't happen. And Sam Ritigliano and company came up short. And then Kenny King with the three picks oh against God. the Philadelphia Eagles in the, in the Super, Super Bowl 15. Do you remember what Ritigliano was caught on film saying for NFL films? I am not. One time, baby. Oh, One yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One time, baby. Well the, well, the way you said it, I was thinking something else. <laughs> you said, do you know what he was caught <laughs> and saying? Then, and then Marty Schottenheimer, who, who, by the way, think about the coaches the Browns had back then. Ritigliano was great. Mm-hmm. And then Marty comes in. People don't really know who Marty Schottenheimer is. At the time, right? Mm-hmm. And then there was one of him before a title game that they inevitably lost. It's the glean, men. Go get the glean. I still don't know exactly what he means by that, but they all put the hand in. They didn't get the glean. It's, Fumbled uh, at the one. The that, drive by Elway. Well, I the, mean, Browns fans in the 80s. Good Lord, that's torture. That's prevent the victory defense. Three times in four years, they lost to Denver. I grew up in Cleveland. 
And so, of course, rooting for the Browns. So you, it was 20 to 13 for historians out there. Elway's got to go 80 yards. 98. 98 yards. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many timeouts I had, but it's 20 to 13. By the way, the Rich Carlos kick was no good. It went over the upright. Wow. In overtime, 23-20 Broncos win. Yeah. Go on to win the Super Bowl. Oh, no, they lost that Super Bowl to the Giants. And yeah. Lawrence Taylor, who had been league MVP in 86. I think it was, that was that the 39-20 game? Phil McConkie had the touchdown it. off of Bavaro. As a Cowboy fan, I hated that Super Bowl. Seeing the Giants, ugh. Dave, I like you, and I'm just going to say this respectfully. You've hated the last three decades if you're a Cowboy fan. You know what? I'm still good. We got three in the 90s, baby. I'm I, Like, that sustains me. 86 sustains me for the Metropolitans. Remember that song by Jody Watley? What have you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately? <laughs> what has uh, Baker Mayfield done for the league lately? Because it feels like he's persona non grata. It feels like for whatever reason, Baker's going to go to Carolina. Maybe he's not going to go to Carolina. Maybe now he's going to go to Seattle. And the question is, because I don't know if Carolina, who I backed last year with some overplays that did not cash for me, by the way, they were 3-0. Sam Darnold, right? And they start seeing ghosts. Really, Chris McCaffrey got hurt. Now he's back. If Baker Mayfield becomes a member either of the Panthers and or the Seahawks, is that an upgrade? First and foremost, over potentially Drew Locke in Seattle and Sam Darnold in Carolina. What is Baker Mayfield? Who is Baker Reagan Mayfield? I didn't know that was his middle name. No, I know it because he put it on social media. Bad luck, Baker. People don't take you seriously when you do that. Um, you know, the thing with Baker is his accuracy left a lot to be desired at times. I think that was the one area you could knock him. I get the height point. That's not going to change. Bad wing, though. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, at some point in time, if you are injured and you're not able to compete at a high level, then you are detrimental to your team Agreed. and you've got to be unselfish and walk away. Wow. So playing hurt for Baker last year, trying to be tough guy. This is my job. Let me show you guys. I'm going to be one of the 53. You think that was actually, in hindsight, now it's probably hurt him going forward more than it helped him. Yeah, if you are injured to a point where you can't effectively do your job, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, let's say you got a surgeon, he comes in and he's got a, you know, he's got a fracture on his finger. Did you really want him to do an open heart surgery on you? Possibly not. I'm going to go with definitively not. And, uh, It'd be like if we had laryngitis, you try to do a show for three hours. It's like, well, it. people, would, there's some people that probably wish I had laryngitis, but that's another story. <laughs> um, the, the point being is that I think in certain situations, you have to take a step back and say, hey, listen, I am more detrimental to the cause than I am beneficial. Well, I look at Carolina in, in specifically because I like this football team, what they did in the draft two years ago. They drafted all defense. I felt like the defense is younger. They got injured last year. But McCaffrey going out, again, this is the hardest thing to quantify when you do win totals. And I got burned on it last year when the best player, i.e. Chris McCaffrey, goes out when you're 3-0. and Remember, people forget that. They had three wins off the bat. They won five. They won two the rest of the way. They went two and 12 the rest of the way. So I go, would I back them now for five and a half wins at minus a dollar 30 if Baker Reagan Mayfield is a quarterback versus sudden Sam Darnold? Well, I like Baker better than I do Sam Darnold. And I always said I didn't think Sam Darnold was going to succeed in the NFL because I went back to the Cotton Bowl when they played uh, Ohio State in Dallas. And I said, he struggled in that game. And they got 11 guys in, in the league on, from that defense. And when you turn the ball over four times, well, you that's remember it was, it, Wasn't it 7 nothing SC and then he threw a pick six? 
It's something like and that. And yeah. the whole the game. complex of the game. But but Sam Darnold has always been a turnover machine, and that's been part of the problem, whether not just interceptions but fumbles. I think Baker would improve the team. I do think, though, Baker's interesting in the sense that can he be a guy that causes a little bit of personality rift in the locker room? Um, hmm. You know, some people, I think, respond to him. Some people do not. So it, it all depends. Well, you don't want – look, we've been a part of those. We know how locker rooms work. Mm-hmm. It gets clicky, and if it yes. gets if it gets clicky there with your it's good word choice, that is that is no go. That's no go. I saw it in D.C. way too often. Like Robert Griffin III, rookie of the year, right? Yeah. By year two, that was a divided locker room. It's the same problem in Minnesota right now. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins. is not a guy. Yeah, absolutely right. And you know the other thing I want to point out though. Remember Joe Brady came in was the offensive coordinator. Or was that 2020? I thought it was last for, year. For Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, last year. Last year, right? He didn't make it through the season. So I was talking to a contact that I have that is tight with the LSU program, and he said to me, he goes, listen, he goes, everybody thinks it's Joe Brady. It's not Joe Brady. It's always been Steve Ensminger. Yeah. And Ensminger's just not a guy who seeks publicity. Well, you, those guys are so worth it. Like Those are the guys you want. Those, those guys you win with that are not seeking the attention. I bought into the Joe Brady hype. Yeah. I did. With Carolina, he's going to fix Sam Darnold. Joe Brady was gone before the season was over. They beat Houston, and they beat the Jets, uh, along with the Saints in the first three weeks. They did have that road win at Arizona, but they struggled the rest of the way, and I think people thought, okay. And, you know, Matt Rule, I think, is a good coach, but still, we don't see a ton of collegiate coaches transition and have incredible success. Pete Carroll, remember, Pete started in the NFL. Right, Jimmy Johnson's one of the rare guys. It does not happen very often. Okay, that's, that's a very interesting point about Darnold and Baker because Darnold was the second overall pick. Baker was the number one pick. We sometimes, we, fans, media, will say, how did all these experts get it wrong? Mm-hmm. Really, it's not all of the experts. It could be as simple as John Dorsey screwing up the pick in Cleveland. Yeah. It could be as simple as that. That it's one guy that screwed it up. Not everybody Correct. made him the number one pick. One team. One person made Sam Darnold the second pick in New York, right? So is it just bad evaluating? Because remember, Dorsey, man, they, they, they went after Baker Mayfield. People weren't talking about Baker as the number one pick. They went after him and went and got him. So this is the guy. We've identified this guy as the best player to come out of college football. You Think know, of that. Dave, you know that you cover the uh, Washington football team for a long time. I think what happens is that people in front offices either get enamored with somebody Fall in love. Yeah. Or they don't have an affinity for somebody, but they choose somebody because of public perception. And don't forget, sometimes guys are drafted based on what the perception is publicly. You know, it was funny. We we had, uh, I was on with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher the week of the NFL draft that Thursday. And um, Aiden Hutchison, they go, well, Kayvon Thibodeau is going to go there. I said, listen, I said, you don't have to go to Harvard Business School to figure this one out. This is basic business. Mm. He is going, unless he was taken number one. To Detroit. He is going to Detroit. There's zero chance. Look, you can take him and fail miserably. It's mm-hmm. okay. But if you don't take him and he becomes a star elsewhere, you're persona non grata in the state of Michigan. Agreed. And I look at Baker. He plants the flag, right? Yeah. And people love that stuff. I mean, I got to be an, I kind of like that stuff. I'm not a Baker guy or an Oklahoma yeah. guy, but I, I like that. And it, it's like, well, this guy's got, he's going to lead a locker room because he planted a flag at Ohio State. Really? Like, that's what we're buying into? Because I still look at him, I go, he's, he's my height. He's still, no matter what we say, he's not big. He's got small hands. Talk about that with Kenny Pickett this year in the draft, right? He makes a lot of bad decisions, seemingly on the run, that causes turnovers. Like, those things aren't going to change. Sam Darnold was a turnover machine at SC. 
That hasn't changed in the NFL. Sometimes you are what you are, but we want to make you different. It's a great point. I, I think you bring up an excellent point in terms of trying to sometimes, you know, in the NFL, quarterbacks over 6'6 six, six to 6'7 six, generally have not been that successful, any any taller than that. Right. And we saw Brock Osweiler fail miserably. I remember Dan McGuire out of San Diego State. Was great call. Yeah. Seattle, he's yeah. supposed to be the guy 6'8. Yeah. And, and you look at guys that are smaller in terms of the quarterback position have not had tremendous amount of success. The offensive linemen range anywhere from 6'2", generally 6'3", to 6'6". You've line. got defensive linemen who are, you know, similar heights. It's a real challenge. And I think with Baker, that's a little bit of a scenario. And Kyler Murray, same thing. Uh, again, I mentioned Carolina. Their win total was 5.5. Same with Seattle's. So you look at the two of what we perceive to be two of the worst teams in the NFL, right? Is Pete Carroll? I'm not saying this is it for Pete Carroll. And Schneider out there is a combo in Seattle. But he's 70. I mean, he's not going to coach forever. Does he want to go with Drew Locke? Or does he say, you know what? I'll take the former first overall pick, and we'll make the deal for Baker. And does that change your view of Seattle at all, if that deal hypothetically got made? Um, I think it's a bad move by Seattle. And the reason is this. If I'm the Seattle Seahawks, I want to go with Drew Locke. And the reason is I want the first pick in next year's draft. Oh. Drew Locke puts you in that position. I don't think Drew Locke's a starter or a backup is in this Pete league. Is Pete that guy, though, now that he can go at 70? You know what? Let's burn a year. They have to because you've got two quarterbacks coming out next year that are franchise quarterbacks yep. in C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young out of Alabama. Yep. I, it depends on who's going to go one, but Man. I think these guys are going to go one, two in the draft, obviously dependent on a team's needs. Uh, so for me, I, I think it's a scenario where you sit there and you look at it and go, hey, we're not going to win in this division. What, what, you know, If you're not trying to win, then you should be trying to tank. That is fascinating. Just think about how much more excited you'd be about if you're a Seattle Seahawks backer with those two kids coming out of college versus Baker Mayfield at Drew Locke. A couple years, man. Your window closes quickly in the NFL. We'll talk some uh, win props when we come back wait. for the NFL. Come on back. It's Betting Across America on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. 
With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betty Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here, betting across America, Dave Ross and Amal Shaw here at Circus Sportsbook. Look up and saw the Redbirds of St. Lou leading the Cubby Bear. Rough year for the Cubs. And you liked St. Louis today on the, on the run line. Yeah, lost at home last night. Nicholas on the mound. I thought they'd bounce back here. 3-1 in the sixth inning. Um, there's several teams I like today on the run line. Giants at home against the Reds. Twins only score one run in the last 18 innings and still manage to get one win. Lose one nothing last night. I think uh, they'll bounce back as well. And so far, we mentioned the, the Yankees. They are down 3 nothing now to Houston. And I believe they're going for a combined no-no. I, they are. I, I got problems with this. Go ahead. I'm listening. Can't stand the combined no-no. I don't even know what you want to call it. Like, you know, it just doesn't excite me. Like, here's the thing. I get it. We're trying to save arms. And we're looking big picture down the road. You know what baseball really needs? Not from a gambling perspective. From a fan base perspective. They need storylines. You know what gives you storylines? Going for no-nos. You know, you know what would be beneficial for baseball? If the NFL disappeared. <clears throat> okay. And it went back to 1920. I, I think baseball, I'm not saying it's going to go the way of, you know, the Palm Pilot, but it just the feels palm like... Palm Pilot, right? That little thing. Well, that, remember when you got the Palm, like, you, hey, I got the Palm 3. This thing's going to be great. And about two, week, two years later, the Kyocera smartphone oh comes out God. and you're like, see you later. Right. And this is the thing. Everybody's always trying to change baseball. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Pitch clocks and let's speed up the game. And, and I always say, you know, baseball is what it is. And, 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 like, I know some people look at that and go, well, that's just old man mentality. And that's why the game's never going to. No, the game's the game. So you can trick it up all you want. You're still going to be there for three hours. And if that's too long for you, then maybe baseball is not your thing. And maybe America is saying that from a, from a fan's perspective, right? That. We're just not going to keep up. But they go to Yankee Stadium, and they go to Old Shea Stadium, whatever they call it now in New York. City Field. Yeah. They go to those places. Right? They go to parks. I lived in Chicago. And if the White Sox were better, you know where you went? You went to Wrigley. You know why? The ballpark. Doesn't really, yes, it's great when the Sox are good in Boston, but Fenway is an attraction. Who's going to guaranteed rate on the south side? That's, that's my point. Even a better team sometimes, the game doesn't really change. The draw of baseball to me seems to be 
I get to go and not worry about what's going on in the world for three hours. Mm -hmm. I don't keep looking at my phone or my watch. I'm trying to enjoy a sunny day, right? In the NFL, I don't necessarily go to a game because the stadium. Think about that. Do you go to a basketball game? Because you know what? Man, but back, at the, back in the day, maybe I'm going to the Spectrum so I can see the Rocky statue in Philadelphia. Like, do you go to the Garden because the parquet? Maybe. Maybe you go to MSG. And Jonathan Von Tobel probably wants to cover up his ears. Maybe you go because it's MSG. It's Mecca, right? Why? He doesn't. But, what's his issue? He hates that they call it the Mecca. Does he not understand that the, uh, the NIT, it is the NCAA, the of course it's the Mecca. And like there is, you've been, I've been, you know what it's, I'm sure JVT's been a ton of stuff. When you walk into that place, it does have a different feel. Point being, baseball feels like the only sport outside of a few marquee arenas like MSG where you might go for not necessarily the product being put on, but almost the ambiance and everything else, right? I, I think that would be true if you're looking at Fenway, Wrigley. Yankee Stadium. Well, no, not anymore old. because old Yankee Stadium. But they still got the they still got the plaques and everything out there. The new one. Yeah, if you can afford a seat there nowadays. Right, the Monster at Fenway. You <laughs> yeah. want to go there? The Cathedral of Boston. So look, I'm just saying, baseball's baseball. So trick it up all you want. It's if you're gonna go, like they said in New York, bring your kitties, bring your wife, guaranteed to have the time of your life. Just don't look at your clock. Don't look at your phone. Go back to a forgotten time. I wonder what you're going to think about some of the NFL <coughs> win totals this year and some of the props that you might be able to play because it is hard to handicap, I do believe, say a team like New Orleans because we're hearing that Alvin Kamara might be in for a suspension allegedly after breaking a man's eye socket. Ouch. Got in a fight. That's not good. Not good. So he, the, they're bracing now for possibly six games. We've talked about Cleveland a lot across the network. I just don't know how you touch them right now. What's you don't their total? Know. Wanna, it's been it's off the board at a lot of places. Okay. Ironically, you can get Cleveland on some to win the division and the Super Bowl, but you can't get the exact win total, which is very odd to me that you can get other futures, but you can't really get win totals. But I'll, I'll give you some prop scenarios, and I wonder if there's any of them that you would the team with the most wins. So you can understand why the Bills right now are the shortest number at five to one. The Bucks, I, we just talked about them with Gronk plus five fifty. That feels like the number is not big enough for me. Also because I don't know, yes, home field. We just talked about arenas and how much it, it differs in sports. It means a lot in the NFL. Like the Bills absolutely means a lot to play in New York in January versus, say, Kansas City, right? Buccaneers, Packers, boy, we know the Packers. You can trust them. You're a great regular season win team, but not necessarily the postseason. I would agree with you there, and I think that's why they, they look pretty interesting for this prop. But more importantly, Dave, I would start this way. I would work backwards on this. Okay. 32 teams. I would eliminate everybody in the AFC and the NFC West. Because they're going to beat each other. Yeah, I think the divisions are too competitive. Even though Seattle's down, I still think Arizona, San Francisco, and Seattle, excuse me, uh, the Rams, all tough competitive teams. The AFC West is the most difficult division I've ever seen in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. Um, You look at the AFC North, I think Baltimore is going to win the AFC. But I don't know if they're going to have the best record in the National Football League. So I look at Buffalo potentially. But I think with the running game, they could win in Buffalo in January. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at the Green Bay Packers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I don't know if the Colts are going to have that type of resurgence. And I hate to include your team, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to say not, the, not my team, your team, our team, America's team. No, let me tell you, when 61. I covered the Cow- I covered the Cowboys for ten years, I, I always cheered for the team that played the Cowboys. <laughs> Because like me in D.C., exactly what I was doing. Well, because they do a show in the afternoons, and all of a sudden, I, oh, they, 
you know, they, they beat the Jets. Well, you know, listen, I think the parade should go down. The hey, buddy, we got 15 games to play still. Don't worry about it. But my, my point being is Dallas is in a weak division with Washington, the Giants. Philadelphia will be more competitive, mm-hmm. but you could still go 1-1 one and one or potentially 2-0 and oh against them. That's six wins you're looking at possibly there. you got 11 other games. Can you go potentially in that stretch of 11 other games? Not um, what are, uh, Probably 7-4? and four? Again, 16-1 if the Cowboys can get the most wins uh, in the regular season. The other team at 16-1 that does intrigue me a little bit is the Ravens. Yeah. Now, Lamar Jackson, we got to figure out what he's going to do with the contract. I love what they did in the draft. I thought they did great. Again, we don't. It, it looks great on paper. Let's sure. see how they can apply those kids uh, into year number one. But I trust John Harbaugh. I've always trusted the front office. 16-1, to we got a former MVP at playing quarterback, right? I think he's going to have a monster so year. So do I. And, and I look at it and I go, is the like, I think we're going to get regression from the Bengals. The Steelers, they got, we're being told now that the Mike Tomlin's got a, a three way quarterback competition. Those traditionally don't work out that well. If you don't have, if you got two guys, you don't have a guy. Right. Right. So we'll find out if they're going to go with Pickett, they're going to go with Trubisky. Who knows? And then I just look at it and I go, Browns, I have no idea. So if, if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, there could be two two wins in the schedule right there. Although the Browns, the makeup of the rest of their team is still pretty good. But the point is, the Ravens, that division, is kind of like the Cowboys in the East. It's not great. They get good teams, but not like the West, like you mentioned with the AFC West. I, You know, I want to go back to the two Super Bowl teams real quick. You mentioned the Bengals. I tend to agree with you. I think the Bengals are going to score points. And I think Burrow's confidence, and he's going to be, and if you don't already consider him to be an elite quarterback, he's on the cusp if you don't already do that. But to me, their offense can be great. Still defensive, they're going to have some issues. But I think they take a step back. And I thought the Bengals going to the Super Bowl, give them all the credit in the world. I thought it was a bit of an aberration. If you play that playoffs, starting with the first game against the Raiders, and they play 20 times, I thought that's probably the one time they get through. Um, I think the Rams were fortunate. And I picked the Rams before the season started to win the NFC. I thought things worked out well for them. I thought Green Bay going down was huge. Absolutely. I, I don't think they would have won at Lambeau Field, but that's just my opinion. If Tart doesn't drop a punt mm-hmm. thrown by Matt Stafford, the yeah. great Matt Stafford, the conversation about Stafford is completely different. Well, you bring up a great point, right? Like, we're not seeing this AT&T commercial every time with no, Matthew no, Stafford. Now he's in the Hall of Fame. Everybody's now, he's, he's a Hall of Fame? He's in the Hall of Fame now. You didn't know that? He's been anointed. Matt Stafford is now a Hall of Famer. What? You know, it makes sense because there's a lot of guys in there lately that are just, you know, it's, it's become the Hall of Very Good. That's it. And look. The rings do change things, but that is kind of the point here. When you're finding some of these teams, right? They go now. You put the numbers. By the way, numbers in this day and age. I mean, you and I go out there and throw for five thousand yards. Forget everything else. This is going to dictate the final ninety minutes of this show. Okay. Eli Manning, a Hall of Famer, yes or no? Oh man, we only have ninety seconds left in this segment. Let me just say this: you can't spell elite without Eli. You know that. Listen, and that's why Texas is back. You give me a quarterback named Manning. Let's go. You, you, you hold on. You mean Peyton Manning carried to a second Super Bowl by Von Miller and company? The greatness of Peyton Manning that won Peyton, one Super Bowl in Indianapolis? Peyton couldn't walk in that Can Super Can you Bowl. imagine if MJ won one title in Chicago or if Magic won one ring in Los Angeles or if Larry Legend won one won title? Two. Yeah, with listen, one I could listen, it would what do you I didn't even know he was under center. Eli Manning once won two rings against Thomas Edward Patrick Brady, Brady whatever his name is. Twice he did that, and he did it in New York. And also that defense 
Uh, by the way, one other thing, he never won another playoff game in any other single season outside those two. Are you going to give Texas the national championship right now? What do I look like, Joe Tessitore? I know football. Texas doesn't have anything. When see you, we come see back, you in the holiday bowl. Andy McNeil is going to join us to talk all things puck. Come on back. It's Betting Across America on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $19, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. Sign up today. You're going to get VEASAN's daily best bet emails, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Points Bet Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. So sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer back alongside of Marshall, i am dave ross we mentioned the usfl in that we've gone to halftime mm-hmm. where kelvin bryant and the uh, philadelphia stars lead brian sype herschel walker and the new jersey generals 10 to nothing you had the under in that game it's looking pretty good yeah still a long way to go but uh, i thought 48 for was high for this total in this league and um, new jersey if you look at it was really more of a run dominant team and so far again the usfl playoffs Maybe not as exciting as the Stanley Cup playoffs. Way to go out on that limb. Let's bring in Andy McNeil back to the program. Follow him on Twitter as Digital Gambler. Does a great job here as VSIN and an NHL betting analyst. Andy, great to have you here. Let's start right there, though. After the last two games that we've seen, I, really you could throw game two aside, and I think that's why, Amal, you like them coming in, Tampa Bay being in a game five at eight to one, that it still felt like this series was in the balance. Andy, did you expect us still to be talking Stanley Cup Finals here today on this on this Saturday? Well, I mean, I think along with the the rest of the market, uh, we you know, Colorado was was the favorite for a reason. They were a big favorite heading into Game Five. I think uh, it was an upset. Uh, they, um, you know, the Avalanche still were able to, to carry the play and a, a bounce here or there, and and they might have beaten Vasilevsky uh, before the the Lightning scored their third goal. So. Um, I, I'm not surprised by any means, but uh, it's, it, it is going to be tough to, to beat this team three times in a row. Andy, if Tampa finds a way to win game six back at home, don't you feel like you got to like Tampa's chances simply because the pressure on the avalanche? Tampa has been there, done that. And I said when the series was heading into game five, John Cooper's team kind of really resembles his personality and disposition. I don't know if there's any team, and I'd go back to the Red Wings of the early 2000s that I felt like could come back in this scenario. Does this team, because they take on their coach's disposition, seems like they're very even keeled, the moment won't be too big for them, that they're in a position where they can push this to a Game 7, or do you believe tomorrow night Colorado closes it out? Uh, no, I mean, I think it's going to be a pretty pretty close game. We saw both uh, games in Tampa Bay so far in the in the series uh, have been you know fairly tightly contested. I thought Game 4... Um, you know, we saw game one go to overtime, obviously, but that was still a very dominant uh, performance by the Avalanche and the, the Lightning were, were fortunate to get that one into into overtime, even though they didn't end up winning that game. Uh, but game four going to overtime was, you know, it, it deserved to get there. It, it was about as evenly matched game as, as we've seen in this series. Um, the Lightning, I, I think they got the jump on, on Colorado early yesterday, but um, the way that the Avalanche have have played when when they've when they've been trailing in this series, um, you know, owning upwards of sixty five 
uh, percent of the shot attempts, probably closer to 70 after, after last night. And, uh, and the scoring chances just heavily in their favor um, when they're in those situations. So I think Tampa Bay is probably fortunate that they didn't get, um, you know, they, 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 they didn't get bit by that, uh, a little bit of sitting back and, and trying to hold on to these one goal leads, but Hey, Vasilevsky has been uh, outstanding in, in these elimination situations. He's, he's what four and oh, uh, I believe he has a nine forty five save, save percentage uh, since 2020 when, when the lightning have been facing elimination. So um, the, this Tampa Bay team is uh, not to be counted out. That's for sure. Andy, when I look at uh, Vasilevsky right now to win the con Smythe, he's seven to one. Okay. You got Tampa Bay Amal to win the series at eight to one before right. uh, we had that game five yesterday. If Tampa is able to come back and wins game six and seven, would you would you play Vasilevsky at seven to one here, Andy, or could it be Kucherov? Would they give it possibly to somebody else if Tampa is able to come back and win this series? Well, Kucherov just scored his first goal of the Stanley Cup final uh, in in last night's game, and I and I know that the the the, the Smythe Trophy isn't uh, you know a Finals MVP. It's the MVP of the entire playoffs. And um, but I think you know Vasilevsky's been in the been the front runner for the the Lightning um, this this whole time pretty much. Especially you know since the Florida series basically. Uh, you know there's a, there's a couple of other names out there. You know you look at a guy like Andre Palat. He's been a hero for that team uh, throughout these playoffs. Another another big game winner um, last night. Uh, you know, Steven Samko's had his moments, and of course, Kucherov has been very productive uh, up until now, really. But uh, I think, you know, it's given that they're probably going to have to be able to hold this Avalanche team to, to two goals uh, in order to beat them, and that's all Vasilevsky. He's been the, the rock for this team. I think the, the voters will wisely look his way if, if the Lightning are able to pull this off. Yeah, Pilat right now is 30 to 1. Uh, at BetMGM, and you could get Stammer at sixty to one. So again, the shorter number there on Vasilevsky is seven to one. But really, if they are to win win game six and seven, we've seen the last two games. One they didn't win in overtime, three two. Last night they went three two them all. That it feels like that's the style of play for Tampa Bay to get the the W's. Absolutely right. And I agree with Andy. Last year I said take Vasilevsky to win the Conn Smythe over taking the Lightning to win the Stanley Cup. The mm-hmm. odds were much more favorable. I feel the same way here, Andy. I can't understand. Look, with t- Colorado, I get you're not going to take Darcy Kemper to be the uh, Conn Smythe winner, but to me. You look at the success of this Tampa Bay Lightning team, particularly the numbers Vasilevsky has put up in rounds two and three and then into the Stanley Cup Finals, it would be very difficult. I know Kucherov's got over 25-plus points for the third consecutive postseason. Um, Palat's been terrific, but I just don't feel like you could even consider anybody else. You know, he gives up a third goal in overtime. Two other games, he limits Colorado to two goals or less. Um, I know games one and two didn't play particularly well, giving up 11 goals over that stretch, but I feel like... Tampa's going to win this series. These next two games are not going to be six to five. Um, you know, I, I mean, it, it, they, that's uh, the most likely path. They don't have a very good record when the games are, are in that high scoring uh, category. And that dates back, you know, further than this year, um, playing those games, keeping them, keeping their opponents to, to two or fewer goals. That's kind of their wheelhouse, right? Where they like to play. Um, and yeah, Vasilevsky, uh, Vasilevsky has been great, and I think, you know, just just in a, a a general sense, nobody on the Lightning has been able to, you know, consistently, and including Vasilevsky, nobody has been able to consistently, you know, be a big time performer. But he's just come up so big in the clutch situations 
that I think that that's uh, going to be the, the big thing for, for the voters if, if it comes to it. I think if Colorado goes ahead and holds on and wins this thing here, Andy, I don't know. I cannot believe we haven't really talked about Nathan McKinnon yet here. And we still have three minutes to go in the segment. What do you make of his first finals appearance? And has he been a little bit underwhelming for your blood? I mean, he leads the all players in the Stanley Cup final with, um, I believe, 56 shot attempts, uh, 58 shot attempts. Uh, you know, him and and Makar is next after that. Um, so it's you know it, he's only got one goal, but it's definitely not for a lack of trying. Uh, he's been you know dominant on the ice. The, the Lightning have have played him pretty tough at times too. I don't think he's been underwhelming at all. Um, but uh, I think, you know, it's, it's Kale McCarr's award to win. Uh, he's a defenseman. He's leading the team in points. He's, um, you know, he's put up more points than, than any defenseman since, uh, since the 90s and the 80s. Uh, and and I, I don't think anybody's, uh, you know, going to be able to really justify putting McKinnon uh, in that first place spot when he's really kind of bunched up with some of the other forwards on that team, you know, Miko Ranson and Gabriel Landeskog. Uh, they've all been sort of equally productive, and Makara has just set himself uh, so far, so much farther ahead of the pack with with everything he's done. I think, and given that he is a, a defender, first of all, Andy. Very quickly, when you look ahead to Game Six here, and you're looking at goal scorers individually here, what style do you think we're going to see? Is it going to be another close to the vest type game, another three-two game, or might we get some more offense like we saw in Games One and Two? Well, I think people, you've got to look past the score here. We've seen a lot of, um, a lot, you know, a lot of action. They've been high pass or high pace games. Uh, and I don't think that's going to change. And, and, you know, the goaltenders really came to play the last couple of games. Um, one of them might falter here eventually, right. With all of this action. Uh, but I, I look to a guy like the guys that have been getting the best looks and, and Gabriel Landeskog. Uh, he leads the the series all players with 14 high danger chances. Uh, obviously, he's got three goals to go along with that. And, and talked about Andre Palas. Uh, he scored his his third goal of the the final here um, last night, and uh, he's he's next on the the in the in out of all the players with uh, 11 high danger shots uh, in five games. So these guys are getting to the net. They're they're you know they're playing with great players, uh, and and they're converting. So um, I, I wouldn't look uh, look too much farther down the line, maybe a guy like Valerie Nachushkin, of course, McKinnon, but the odds are, are never going to be all that uh, attractive on a guy like him. But um, Landis Gog and Palat are, are the players that I think have been uh, been really getting to the net in, in a lot of ways. Well, the, the playoffs have been great. The Stanley Cup Finals have been great. Andy, we appreciate your time, as always, here on a Saturday. En- enjoy Game 6, and maybe we'll see if there's a Game 7 back in Colorado. Follow him on Twitter at Digital Gambler. So Amal will figure out whether or not we're going to go seven. Selfishly, I hope we do. Best two words in sports, game seven. Still have a game six to get to. Come on back. I've much more to get to here on the Cindy Sports Betting Network. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is 
finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using the code VEASAN200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM all season long. Sign up today with the king of sportsbooks. Eligibility restrictions do apply. MLB trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada and Mississippi. Back alongside of Marshall, I am Dave Ross. This is Betting Across America right here on VEASAN. Brian Ortega's mother made some of the best uh, peanut butter cookies I've ever tasted. And it feels like that, is that lunch? Does that qualify? Just cookies? 
It was lunch for me. That was your lunch. That was my lunch. I'm not. I'm not hating on it at all. <laughs> and I know a lot of the fighters at the UFC after they make weigh-ins. I'm sure these guys just reload on anything they can stuff down. And we're going to have a, a pretty good UFC fight card tonight. And obviously, shameless plug for First Strike. Check it out wherever you get your podcast. Had our A-listers on again this week. And I'm, all, I'm looking at the main event, and I'm looking at Tarzukian against Gamrot. And behind me here at Circa, you can see now it's down to plus 225 for Gamrot, plus 230 at BetMGM. I'm a little bit surprised the numbers still stay north of $2. Look, Tarzukian and Gamrot are two guys that both like to wrestle, <coughs> and they're both guys that feel like they are coming of age right before our eyes in this division. And the problem for me, and the reason why I'm backing the dog here in the main event at plus 230 I think Tarzukian should be the rightful favorite, but it's almost like why you play Tampa at 8-1. to one. The value is there for Gamrot. So I have to play what I believe to be the better number here. It, it, this is not a lopsided fight. And if I got to lay $3 for Tarzukian against Gamrot, it's way too big a price tag. So I think we have a real live dog scenario. And I always tell people, when I mention live dogs, that doesn't mean that they're always going to cash. But what it means is we've identified a number that this is a real possibility of happening. And at that price point, you're going to get banged for your buck. So I would never back a big favorite just because he should be the favorite. Right. Hey, if this line's closer to $1.50, okay, we're talking. But double that at $3, that's where I think we find the value in the number. And to that point, we had Reed Kunan, who does a great job with the numbers analytically, to get his thoughts on the main event. Take a listen. more than two to one underdog here. And that's what I see when I look at these numbers. I don't know what's going to happen if they actually take this to the mat. Um, both guys are game there. So what happens if they stand up and bang? You've got very different styles here. And so Sarukian is going to be the very high-paced um, pressure striker, whereas Gamrot likes to hang back, use a low pace, big counters. He's very accurate with his power hand, and arguably he has more power. Now we have limited data on their knockdown rates. Uh, but that's what we're working with, and that's an interesting story. You know, we saw it with uh, Josh Emmett versus Calvin Qatar. You know, Calvin Cater, he, he jabbed Josh Emmett every round, but the judges were scoring damage and bigger punches, and that could be what happens here. That's the scenario, I think. Um, and honestly, I, I think it's going to take a while to develop, but I'm going to go underdog. See, and, and that's I agree with Reed's assessment perfectly. And by the way, the Calvin Cater fight last week against Josh Emmett, I was on the wrong side of that split decision. But to the point of this card and this fight in the main event and the over-under right now, four and a half, and it is slight, uh, a little bit to the over, four and a half minus $1.20, that it could hit the cards. You know this in boxing better than most, as I do. You go to the cards, hold your breath, because you don't know what's going to happen. So like last week, Calvin Cater clearly did the volume work against Josh Emmett, but Josh Emmett, the judges scored it, that the punches he landed were bigger and more significant in this new era of judging you do not know what you're going to get necessarily if this fight goes to the cards, which at the betting market right now says it will. Had Kevin Ioli on as well on first strike, and he has his thoughts on whether or not you should play the over or the under. 
I think this, you know, to me, this looks like a fight that's going the whole way, right? I mean, both guys are great wrestlers. And generally when you get good wrestlers, you know, you're not going to have, you know, somebody getting knocked out. You know, you you could get submitted. You could get ground and pounded. But I think when you have two good wrestlers, high-level wrestlers going against each other, you know, you're going to have a lot of back and forth in the fight. And you're going to tend to go to a decision. So I I like Sarukian to win the fight. But I, I really like this fight will go five full rounds. That's what I see in this, that this is is going to be a distance fight whoever wins it great having kevin on on the program as well man who knows his way around combat sports that for sure and again sometimes what's different about it in boxing look inside that square circle you can yeah you can move and, and stick and, and try to to make it the sweet science if you will but in mma and kevin just kind of alluded to it there you could have a completely different fight than what you were anticipating i.e when you look at Colby Covington, when he fought Kamaru Usman, right? Two decorated wrestlers. What happened? They stood and traded and banged for four plus rounds. You can't get that in boxing. You yeah. still got it, right? You still got a punch. But in MMA, you might get a completely different style that you're not used to. So you got two wrestlers here. So we all assume it's going to be wrestling. But to Reed's point, if Gamrock, can, if they throw hands and the wrestling neutralizes and the fight somehow stays standing, then Gamrot's got more power in, in the power numbers than Tarzukian has. So that's what makes MMA, as I call it, mental chess, human chess. What can I identify as your one weakness? Yeah, in boxing, you could have length and different things, but really, it's still, it's still punching, right? right? MMA, it can go anywhere down to the mat or stay standing. So that, to me, is the intriguing prospect of that main event. If it goes down to the mat, I agree with Kevin, and I think it goes to the distance. If it stays standing, like in the Colby Covington-Usman fight, Part one did not, did not make it all the way. They got stopped in the fifth round when Colby's jaw got shut because we had punches being exchanged that nobody anticipated. Yeah, and I think it's important when you're looking at these underdogs to not get intimidated by the book saying this is the price. I, I tell you, until I moved out here, Dave, you know, so many times I gave the bookmakers more credit than they deserve. I'm not trying to say that they don't do a tremendous job, mm-hmm. but I think that you look at a line and say, wow, okay, this is the way it is. Maybe you see a match certainly far differently than they do. And I think in three particular sports, and I would include golf as well because you can have the head-to-head matchups, but in tennis, MMA, and boxing, there's a real opportunity if you see something completely differently than the way the odds makers do because it's just a 1v1 and you've got to win the matchup. And so I think in that scenario, you could take advantage of that. You mentioned this here on this fight, taking a look at the underdog, you got a live dog. And I think that's the one great thing about um you know, whether it's MMA or boxing. In theory, the dog is always alive, right? Right. Because it just takes one shot. But, you know, you guys feel a lot stronger about this than just simply being that case. No question. That's one of my best bets for today. I am going to take Gamrod as well as Reed Kuhn is. And I'm going to play him at 230 over Tarzuki in here because I do believe that there's a chance that if it goes down to the ground, that the wrestling could almost stalemate and I do give the the edge to Gamrot with the hands. So to me, at that price point, I really like that number at plus two thirty. I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna go against Julian Paiva here against Sergey Morozov. And I just think Morozov right here, the Russian fighter, minus a dollar forty. Uh, it's actually gotten a little steam today and gone up. But I just think right now he's just gonna be a little bit too much for Paiva, who's underwhelming. We've expected more out of him so far. And I hate my last pick because I love Boom Kelleher and Brian Kelleher, but. I think Boom might have seen some of his better days. And right now, Miguel Bautista, and that number's actually gone up from when I got it at $1.75. It's up to about $1.80, $1.85 I'm seeing here. So he is taking more of the money. And and really, the handicap here for me, Amal, is a simple one. 
that maybe 2020 was great for Boom Keller, but it's 2022, and I just don't know if he's got the power. He's got power. That's why they call him Boom. Does he have enough power to be able to, to get into a really hot fight and get this thing over with? I don't think so. I think Bautista is going to be my solid play here. So those are the three I'm play, playing. Two smaller favorites and, and one big dog in Gamrot at plus 230. But again, I implore you before this fight night kicks off, take a listen. First strike. It is uh, very pertinent information that some of the very best in the business try to get you uh, before you go out there and lay those wagers. Yeah, you guys do a tremendous job. And I think if you're an MMA better and if you're not so entrenched in the sport where you're doing it completely on your own. I think it's a great listen and watch because you'll pick up a lot of things, particularly in terms of the weekend fights coming up Mm -hmm. and really being able to get down on some winners. Very quickly in the final minute here, coming up at UFC 276, just looking ahead, and obviously you got the last style bender back in there, Israel Adesanya against Jared Kananir. Should be a really intriguing middleweight bout. But the featherweight, the the co-main event of this one is really grabbing my attention in boxing, Amal, do you remember getting trilogy fights where the first guy won the first two? Because that doesn't happen in boxing very often. Well, it's funny. Triple G and Canelo are going to have a trilogy. And very I'm similar. Like, I'm like, well, even though Canelo won the, I'm sorry, Triple G won the first fight. See, that's and a lot of people say that about Volk and Max Holloway here in this trilogy fight. I am of the belief that Max Holloway did win that first fight. They gave it to Volk, and I, Kevin, I, I only, who was on with us earlier, yeah, uh, he said he thought that. Max won the second fight. So you are getting split opinions here uh, on what actually happened in the first two. So maybe in this instance, it's actually justified that we get a third. We'll find out. When we come back, Wimbledon begins Sunday night, Monday morning, back here in the States. So I can't wait to get your picks and who we might be having strawberries and cream with on a Sunday morning in a couple weeks. Come on back. There's that cool shot right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.